gets it to first. The Browns are world champions. The Rams were built to win the Super Bowl, and they have sealed the deal. The Golden State Warriors return to a familiar place. They're on top of the NBA world. They reach the summit of the Avalanche for 2022 Stanley Cup champions. Well, hello there. It is the post-Canadian Thanksgiving edition of For Future Considerations, episode number 157. I um, popped the button already. Just letting you know, the gut is hanging out. I'm digesting turkey and stuffing and gravy still tonight. Tonight was the final night of the Thanksgiving turkey, and I think I'm kind of done with it now. I think I've had enough. How are you guys feeling? Yeah, you do Thanksgiving a little bit differently. It, it's it's almost uh, like an eight day event, like an Indian wedding <laughs> or uh, or Hanukkah or something that just goes on and on and on. I, I mean, I'm used to wearing track pants at home because I've been working from home for about two and a half years now. But uh, it, it, now I need new track pants all of a sudden. <laughs> At least you guys are wearing pants. I can't even put on a pair of pants. I ate so much. See, when I was over there on Saturday, I saw that new box of Spanx, and I didn't realize they were going to be for you. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, not just Spanx. It's it's the ones that you actually strap in so you can go as tight as possible. You got a corset, too? Uh, a girdle? Spanx? Yeah. <laughs> Is it because is it exactly. right now you look like the suit that Robin Williams wore to be Mrs. Doubtfire? Is that why? <laughs> That's exactly it. <laughs> Times two. <laughs> but isn't it the best is having leftovers after? Oh, yeah. Like you can have leftovers for a few days. You're eating like a king. That's right. I always, uh, we always pick the carcass. So Bruno sits under the table and after Jill's carved the entire turkey and put all the things away, I'm like, well, I can get more meat off of this bone. So I go and oh, peace for Bruno, peace for John, peace for Bruno, peace for John. Bruno yep. farts all weekend and then we're done. <laughs> See, maybe that's the problem because I don't do pieces for anyone else. I just, just pieces for me. So maybe that's why. <laughs> that's why I can't fit into a pair of pants. It's certainly not the farting that's the problem. <laughs> no, that's everything. Uh, <laughs> I, I got to say, the emails that were coming in were amazing. Uh, people loving the conversation about the Thanksgiving meal last week. Messaging us, too, about your choice of pies. Not a lot of love for you two with your rhubarb pies. <laughs> Jay, Carlos, Jeff, Al, they were all over the pumpkin pies. Oh. They wanted to know what you guys were drinking. You guys can have it. If you yeah. want to basically eat sand, uh, <laughs> go ahead. I'll, I'll take the rhubarb pie. If you guys don't like rhubarb pie, sand. That's, that's good news for me. You don't understand. <laughs> How is pumpkin pie sand? It's it's just the, the texture of it. It's yeah. it's not good. I don't like it. And rhubarb is better. Yes. Don't fight me on it. I, we're not picking sides here. I'll eat all the rhubarb pie. You can have all the pumpkin pie. It's a good thing. We're not fighting over the same pie. Relax, Jay, Carlos. Jeff, like who's going to be the one that's disappointed at the end of the night? Jay, Carlos, Jeff, or Al because they got a quarter of a pie, or me and John because we got to split a pie ourselves. And, and in reality, John probably ate most of the pie because he probably <laughs> ate it on the way over to my house. 
And so, <laughs> don't worry, don't worry, guys. I'm not fighting you on the pumpkin pie. Just remember when the three of us are together, we got to find, if you don't like pumpkin, I don't like rhubarb. So we got to find something else that's oh, good. There's pl- I, think, for I think there's plenty of mutual pies out there. I think there's plenty. You guys like a peach pie, right? A peach pie, cherry pie, blueberry yeah. pie. Apple? Apple, apple pie for sure. for sure. I'd see I'd take a crumble or a cobbler over an apple pie because I just like the 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 topping. Yeah. That's actually great. my daughter made an apple crumble on it. Oh, see. I love a good oh. crumble. Let me tell you. She's got skills, boy. She's got skills. I'll tell her to get to work again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, I, I got a, a peach cobbler on on order here. I don't know when I'm gonna when I'm gonna be getting it from another place. So uh, if you can get a, a, an apple crumble in there too, let's let's do it. <laughs> Feel free to go back, have a listen to our debate last week, and of course all the Thanksgiving talk at too. And if you'd missed it, you can figure out what we're talking about. Yeah, and while you're at it, check out our interview with Scott Wheeler as well, one of the uh, national hockey writers for The Athletic, just brought out a new book uh, about the Toronto Maple Leafs and the history of their draft. I've got to spend some time reading that this weekend, some great insights about some people I'm sure you've never really heard of before, but their history in the draft and and their stories of of being selected or being part of the selection process. It's it's really cool. So uh, he was talking about uh, the new NHL season as well as uh, the NHL draft, which we're already starting to count down here. And a busy weekend and week really in sports. So let's get started. Castiano's getting his chance in the big stage and coming through with his third hit of the game. One run is in. Here comes another two-run single, Nick Castellanos. And the Phillies do it again with two out. They lead the Braves 6-1. The MLB Divisional Playoff Series are now underway after a crazy wildcard weekend. Before we get your predictions, let's talk about the choke job of the Toronto Blue Jays blowing an 8-1 lead and losing to Seattle as the Mariners advance. We had a question from Lucas in St. Thomas who wanted to know what the reason was for the Blue Jays blowing that game that ended their season. Lucas, thanks a lot for the question. Glad uh, to, to open uh, the, this with, uh, I, I, so I took my kids out uh, after our game uh, on Saturday in Chatham. We went to Chuck's Roadhouse in Chatham. And uh, I didn't realize that Chuck Roadhouse was the official viewing party of the Toronto Blue Jays uh, Major League Baseball playoff run. Uh, we are the only table in there in a, in a probably three quarters of a, a restaurant full that weren't paying attention to the the game at all but it was four nothing when we left it was as you said eight one in the fifth inning and the blue jays aren't playing today so what happens uh and who who point the point point the finger at you pointed at every single person on that team the the blue jays have never had a very good bullpen they did not do anything to actually improve their bullpen other than just getting different bodies at the trade deadline the bullpen ends up being their demise. I blame Bo Bichette because that fly ball in the center field, you have absolutely no business going near that baseball. You're not going to catch it. George Springer is not going to catch it. It just drops in front of Springer, one run scores, and we go again. Instead, you have to be a hero. 
You got to be, you know, the 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 young, exciting. Uh, it's the playoffs. A little wound up, go out there and make a play that's completely unnecessary. Causes all the the bases to empty. And I think John Schneider managed this game like he had an extra game. Uh, that this wasn't like let him know it's two out of three guys. If you don't win today, it's over. You didn't manage his pitching staff very well at all. He pulled Kevin Gosman, who was at 95 pitches, which in reality, he's not going to be pitching even and getting an extra day in the playoffs, the way the playoffs uh, set up for themselves to be in that second round. And they went to a bullpen they can't trust. Now, Romero was terrible in the eighth inning, not something that he is used to experiencing either as well, coming in early instead of having that nine-inning save with the bases empty. I think this was a complete blow-up job by the entire team. They should be ashamed of themselves. I agree with Matt. And the uh, the one thing I'll key in on is the thing that I've keyed in on all season. I didn't trust that bullpen all year long, and that's what got them in the end. You can't blow an 8-1 lead. That's unacceptable, and the bullpen is the biggest reason why. Matt mentioned a couple of other reasons, but man, oh man, that bullpen, I've gotten more gray hair. I don't even have any hair on my head, but the ones that are left are gray from that bullpen all season long. It has driven me crazy all year long, and of course, that ends up being their demise. John, you grew hair. And then it turned gray, and then it <laughs> fell out afterwards because of how bad this bullpen is. It's been. true. It's true. <laughs> Sprouted new hair just to have it fall out. He was so frustrated. <laughs> it's true. The Jays don't have a, a hard throwing fireball swing and miss guy, right? They they never had that guy in the bullpen. But as much as the bullpen was bad, two things stand out for me, and you sort of mentioned it, Matt. You don't take Kevin Gosman out of the game in the fifth inning. Yes, they had runners on base, but he just struck out two batters to get two outs. Why not let him face the next guy to get out of his own jam? He had only allowed one run. There's no reason to take him out of the game. That's a rookie mistake from the manager, Snyder. The second one you also mentioned is what's Bo Bichette trying to run into the outfield backwards, trying to do a Willie Mays catch? There's no need for that. How many times have we seen George Springer make an acrobatic catch in the outfield uh, this season? He actually had to change course because he saw Bo Bichette coming in, and he still couldn't avoid the collision. And like you said, even if it does drop, it's one run, not three. If if Springer makes that catch, then you're talking about how Jordan Romano got three outs in that inning without giving it a run, and nobody's talking about the bullpen. So that's why I think it's the manager's fault and Bo Bichette's fault that they lost that game. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of when the Tampa Bay Rays, in the, in the, was it in the World Series, pulled uh, Blake Snell. Uh, and at that point, Blake Snell had gone five and a third scoreless innings, game six of the World Series. They were coming up, and, and the, the explanation at the end was they didn't want the lineup to turn around for the third time or something like that. When, you know, the next three hitters that he was going to face, and I just looked it up as, as I was thinking, as you were talking, Manny. Betts, Mookie Betts, Corey Seager, Justin Turner were next. In the game, they were 0 and 6 with six strikeouts against him already in the game, and they pulled him 
because they were just following the numbers and just following a predicted plan with the game. And I think this falls into the exact same thing, but I don't get it either. Especially, it's not like he struck out two and gave up two hits. Then, okay, I can understand you want to get in front of it and the wheels are kind of coming off. You do it the other way around. He's the one that's carrying all the all the momentum and all the play. If you look at baseball in a, a momentum-type game, it was – he jumped the gun. You can't – when you look at that team and the way that that team is built and, and what John Schneider has seen, because he's been around. He wasn't a new hire at the, in the middle of the year. He was with this team the entire time. You, I have a very hard time understanding that you think that at that time a 95-pitch Kevin Gossman or, – or let me rephrase this. You think that there is somebody in that bullpen – that is better equipped to handle that than a 95-pitch Kevin Gossman. I think that's absolutely insane. Terrible mistake. And it cost the Jays their series. And uh, I think you and I were chatting, Matt, because we both agreed. Boba Shett tried to play a hero yeah. when he ne- never sh- should have been even yeah. thinking about that. There's no need for that. Yeah. And by the way, guys, we have a chat that goes on back and forth between the three of us all the time as we watch sports. And uh, I put this in our chat. What do you guys think of the new wildcard format? Because I don't like it at all. What don't you why not, Rashad? Yeah. I'll explain why. <laughs> I'll explain. Um, I like the one and done because you have that intensity. It's like March Madness, right? So you get the odd upset. You're nervous. You have this nervous energy and you're just edge of your seat through the whole game. This takes that away, but then it also doesn't give you seven games to build a rivalry where things um, start to overflow a little bit. Guys start to hate each other. There starts to get to be a real animosity between the teams. So you end up losing both of the best parts of what I like about playoff baseball. I like the one and done for the wild card because you just never know what's going to happen. And then you also don't get the hatred that develops over a seven game series. And so I don't like this. And then you look at it almost, was it every team that won the first game ended up winning? So why not just play one? It, it is tough. And, and I think the one thing that was impressive about it and, and maybe not what I expected of the, of the series or, or how those playoff series started is that the road team won three of the four games. I, I think the, the idea the behind it was that they put home field and you get to hold the entire three-game series. Well, the visiting team won three out of those four games, and the other one was a 2-1 game in, in a game where there was, I think, 10 hits combined. So it wasn't even a, a, a really that much of a contest. Uh, there's, there's definitely parts about it that I'll agree with you, John, in that uh, – it, it does drag it out a little bit for me. I understand the argument of the you play 162 games to have it decided by one game seems a little bit unfair. I, I do understand that. Uh, the other thing I don't like about this is there is the possibility that we're playing uh, a World Series game, I think, on New Year on Christmas Eve. So I don't <laughs> like that either. <laughs> if they're going to do the best of three like this, I think they did it right. I think you do it all in one place, consecutive days. None of this, the, there's a day off travel day or anything like that. I think if you're doing a format of the best of three, they did the format right. 
I'm 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 also kind of, I, I'm okay with it. I lean more towards you of like game one isn't a game that I feel like you have to win in this scenario. I like the one game, all bets are off. You're putting your fifth starter in the bullpen in the fourth inning to save your first starter to get ready for the the, the strategy of it as well. Um, so I, if I if you had to t- make me pick, I would take a one game playoff over a three. But I think if they're going to do a three, the format is right. Guys, I loved it. Uh, I think we got memorable baseball here. Like as much as it's a one game do or die, I still think it created that drama in game two. And look at the games we had in game two of this series: Cleveland, Tampa Bay had a a walk-off home run in the 15th inning. That was an awful. We had the, the Jays blew an 8-1 lead, right? We wouldn't have had that. The Phillies winning in St. Louis, like sweeping. This talk of the home field, of the team with the home field advantage is wrong. It didn't come to fruition. The Phillies and the Mariners won. Uh, we had a three-game series, the Padres and the Mets battling, and the and the Padres, another road team, winning that one. Like, the drama created is a win for baseball. Not to mention the fact you go into the regular season, and there were more teams in the playoff chase all of a sudden. So the fan base was more excited, or at least you had more fans interested in the playoff chase. For everything that is wrong about baseball, and there's a lot wrong, this was really good and created some drama. Now the division playoffs. We had a few questions from Ken in Guelph and Keith in Sarnia asking for our predictions. Well, as I mentioned last week, I really like the Braves, but they didn't get off to a great start no. against, against the Phillies. I'm still going to pick the Braves. Uh, to meet the Dodgers, and I think the Braves go to the World Series. I, I sort of think this is the layoff. The The Braves were down 7-1 to Philadelphia before doing the comeback. Seattle was up 6-2 on Houston before the Astros came back and won that game in dramatic fashion. I like the Astros to win. Um, I like the Yankees to win, and I like it at Astros-Dodgers World Series. Uh, Astros-Braves. World Series, excuse me. I know the Dodgers won the most games in the regular season. I just don't know about that team. I have a hard time looking at the bracket of what's left and picking an underdog at this point. Um, I have said that San Diego was one of the more disappointing teams in baseball because of where they ended up. Uh, They go in and and beat the New York Mets uh, in New York in that three-game series, like you said. Do I think they have a chance against the Dodgers? No, not really. I think Seattle, probably their best chance was to get the first one against Houston. They didn't do that. Uh, I I really can't imagine Cleveland putting up much of a fight unless they have somehow are able to win these 2-1, 3-2 games against the New York Yankees. Uh, And I like Atlanta too. I'm going to switch it up and I'll take the Dodgers to win the National League. I'll take Houston to win the American League. Uh, and all bets are off at that point. Okay, John, we got a side bet here. 
I've got Braves and Astros. Matt has Dodgers and Astros. Who you got for the World Series? I'm going to go Yankees and Dodgers. Oh, old school battle. There's just something about the Yankees in the playoffs, and I think the Dodgers are just too good to be denied. So like Rashad to go for the mystique. Yeah, yeah. He's always the he's mystique. always been afraid of that plain gray uniform that just says New York across <laughs> the front of it. Gray is terrifying, isn't it? This ain't this ain't your this ain't your grandpa's uh, Yankees. There's no number two in short. Uh, there's no fifty one in center field. <laughs> Don't worry. Not, there's no forty three closing out games. There's no fifty four closing out games there either. <laughs> This is incredible. You know, guys, I gotta be honest. I have goosebumps. Unbelievable. My God. Oh, wow. And now it's time for our play of the week, and the winner is from college football. Gotta score a touchdown. A field goal does them no good. It's caught! Incomplete! Treshawn! It's a miracle touchdown! Beavers busting Stanford! Treshawn Harrison scores a 57-yard touchdown on an incredible catch in the dying seconds to help the Oregon State Beavers defeat Stanford 28-27. Not only the catch, but the yeah. run. Yeah, that was a run. Yeah. That was great. <laughs> and, Manny, you had Stanford, and you kept on telling me that if Stanford loses, you were going to wear a beaver costume the next time we went downtown. The joke's on you. <laughs> <laughs> no Stanford covered. <laughs> I'm not wearing no Bieber costume. I, I'm so I was really hoping that Connor McDavid's goal would win the play of the week, just so we can rub it in Rashad's face that he did it against the Canucks. <laughs> I actually thought it would. I, I thought it was. Was that Alex Alden net? Uh, who was the the goalie? <laughs> Don't give me no preseason superstar goal. Get get real. He's going to have like six in the regular season on his, probably in November. Don't put the preseason BS on there. Come on. I love how Rashad commented, offside. <laughs> it wasn't offside, but I had to say something. Yeah. Our play of the week is brought to you by London Awnings, quality that shows. And remember to vote on next week's poll. Don't be left out. Don't be the guy that's sitting there on Tuesday thinking, oh, man, I forgot to vote. We post the options on Monday. You'll get the details on Podcast FFC on Twitter and find out who the winner is of next week's poll on Wednesday's episode. And now let's talk some hockey. A blast from the point. And a rebound that he scores. And it is Keeper Sherwood with the first NHL goal of this season and the first for the Preds who score just a minute two in. Kiefer Sherwood of the Nashville Predators is the answer to the trivia question of who will be the first player to score the first regular season goal in the NHL this season. So, guys, let's get your cup predictions out of the way right now. Oh, cup predictions. Oh, (laughs) jeez. Okay. (laughs) Let's get them out of the way. Let's get them out of the way. I feel like we're getting set up for something here, man. I don't know. I don't know. I think he was talking to my brother. John must have been talking to my brother, Joey. He was home this weekend and he said, you guys should do a show on all your 
terrible. Your worst takes of the year. And I think this is a setup for that. This is. Uh, <laughs> cup predictions. I hope both teams win. <laughs> Do the Avalanche repeat? I'm going to say no. Start clipping what time he's talking here, Rashad. Start clipping yeah. the time. <laughs> In fact, jeez, uh, I don't know. Is this Carolina's year? I know you've always been on Carolina, Matt. You know, the what they've done, I think sooner or later, they got to do something or else they're going to blow that team up. Mm-hmm. Um, how about a Carolina-Edmonton final? Didn't we have that already? Yeah, Wasn't that? We did. What wow. year was that? That was, was that 2006? 2006? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay. I'm going to say a repeat of the 2006 Stanley Cup final, Edmonton and Carolina. I just think uh, Connor McDavid's got to get there sooner rather than later. He is the best player on the planet. And I, Carolina's, this is do or die for them before they blow up, blow up this team. So I got to think Carolina will get there and represent the East. All right. I'm going to go out of the East. I'm going to say, is it going to be Tampa or is it going to be New York? I'm going to go, I'm going to go to the New York Rangers. I'm going to go to the New York Rangers. And then I'm going to say, I think it's going to be the Edmonton Oilers year this year. And I think the Rangers are going to beat the Oilers in the final. Oh, Mark Messier. Hold on. Hold on. You've got the Oilers as well. Yep. Wow. Okay. Wow. I thought I was going to be alone in that, Matt. I, I like it. Uh, you know what? I, I don't think you guys are that far off. I don't think you're that far off. John, we're going to live in the same state. I really like the New York Rangers. They didn't lose anybody. Everybody that they've got is only another year more experienced with that group, with Panarin, with Zabanajad, with Ryder, with Shesterkin, Adam Fox, who I think is great, Alexis Lafreniere, Capo Caco. Maybe they're starting to turn the corner. They look pretty good in the playoffs. I think they're the real deal. And I love where you are in Alberta, guys, but it's the wrong Alberta team. The Calgary wow. Flames are going to show everybody that it doesn't matter who Johnny Hudro is or Matthew Kachuk, you don't want to be part of a winner. Get the heck out of town because the Calgary Flames are going to the Stanley Cup final this year. Wow, I'm amazed wow. at the number of people picking the Flames. Like we thought the Flames were in trouble. Jeez, I I you know, I think they did a fabulous job restoring that team after losing their two best offensive players. I don't know if I would put them there just yet. Do they have the depth? Do they have the depth to compete with the other teams in the West? And like is Kadri and Huberto who are coming off career years, can they continue that? I'm count me in the opposite end of that spectrum thinking I don't think they can repeat that. I think my takeaway from that, and you can talk about the Western Conference all you want in comparison, I don't think the Western Conference is that good, guys. 
I'm not pulling a Manny and taking the defending champions in, in Colorado and, and winning the, the Stanley Cup. Wait a minute. I, I never said that. No, but that's... <laughs> Why are you even throwing that in my face? That's a pro move. That's a pro move. We'll go back and listen to the tape. But look at the rest of the Western Conference. Be realistic when you look at the rest of the Western Conference and take Colorado out of it and take Edmonton out of it. Calgary is the third best team in that conference. And here's my thinking. The Calgary Flames somehow not only saved their offseason, but made themselves better. I don't know who owns the Calgary Flames. I don't know Brad Trevelling at all. They wouldn't answer my calls. I was trying to get them on the show. But you don't think that it's somehow if Calgary is in the mix at the trade deadline that the people that are in that organization say, guys, you know what? Let's just let's we're already playing with house money. Let's go all in. Get rid of the draft picks. We've already got our core now signed for an extended period of time. Let's get rid of the first round pick next year. Let's get rid of the, the first and second. Let's pull a whole uh, what was his name? Let's let's pull Kevin Costner and draft day. Let's just trade all of our first round picks and then all of our second round picks, and let's just go in, boys, because we're we're not supposed to. We lost Johnny Goudreau and Matthew Kachuk, and we can still win the Western Conference. No, you know what? Let's let's wait. Let's make sure everybody festers. Let's let's get a, a third rounder for the for the Abbotsford. Whatever they're called, the Abbotsburg Flames, that's their team still, whatever their minor league team is. No, no, no. I think if Calgary smells it, they're going to go all in. Yeah, but they're up against the cap. They had to trade Sean Monaghan and throw in a first-round pick as a nice garnish on top because they're up against the cap. For the first round pick, then hand them out. Who cares? It's Halloween. Hand <laughs> out player. Sure, I'm just Maybe saying no. they're up. They're up against the cap. They had to throw in a first round pick to get rid of money. They're still up against the cap. And I'll you tell don't. you who. I'll tell you who else is good in the West. The Dallas Stars. The Nashville Predators are going to be better. The Minnesota Wild are a great pick. The St. Louis Blues are still good. The LA Kings are going to make the playoffs this year. There, there is a bit of a difference between like, man. Instead of just going alphabetically through the Western Conference to name off teams, I wasn't. They, that may or may look. Anaheim's in first place right now. They could make a run. I never said Anaheim. I, I'll take the under. Or the the no on the will the St. Louis Blues be the contenders in the Western Conference? I'll take the no on that one. Uh, I'll take the the LA Kings may make the playoffs. Ooh, that's exciting for them. Are they going to be shit? So all you're basically telling me is there's five good teams in the Western Conference. Like Calgary is right there amongst all of them. I think they're going to go all in. I think they've got a real good shot. Like let's be realistic. Colorado is the best team. In, in the NHL coming into the te- uh, into the season this year. I'm not taking them as a favorite to win the Stanley Cup. And the Edmonton Oilers don't have any cap space either. So what, what are we going to do here? Somebody's going to make a, a push, and I think the Calgary Flames are the ones that will be like, guys, we have no business being here right now. Let's just let it ride. The Calgary Flames have no business being in the upper tier in the Western Conference. It's Colorado, Minnesota, and Edmonton. 
Then you got the next tier, which includes Calgary. And Vancouver? <laughs> Not Vancouver. No, Vancouver. Are, are, that Vancouver is actually the only team that Manny didn't mention as a team that's going to be yes. improving or, or make the playoffs. So that's I can rhyme off thirty-one teams that may make the playoffs. And, and sure, out of it too. Sure, you you need to clean out your ears, boy, because you didn't. I didn't say Arizona. I didn't say Chicago. Didn't say San Jose or Vancouver or Anaheim or Seattle. Yeah, but I got John Rashad as a friend who can edit the shit out of that and make it sound like you did. So, <laughs> thanks, John. And Rashad knows better too. <laughs> I'm sure he said every team at some point or another. I just gotta. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what about the Nordiques? Huh? What are the, the California Golden Seals? They got a chance in the West, don't they? Hey, I I saw a great Colorado Nordiques jersey. The retro. Jerseys? Oh, it looked good. Nice. It looked yeah, good. Those are nice. Those <laughs> are really good. And uh, we got this question from Steve in Tecumseh who asks, which team are you most looking forward to watching this season? Well, I mean, I, I'm excited to watch the future Western Conference champion Calgary <laughs> Flames. But if you're asking me right out of the gate which team I'm really actually looking forward to watching, not with any sort of expectation – but the team that I'm really looking forward to watching is the Ottawa Senators. I really want to see what the Ottawa Senators are going to be. That's not a prediction that they're going to be any good uh, or what the expectation is going to be out of that team. But look, you bring in Giroux, you bring in Alex Dabrinkit, you got Brady Kachuk, the good Kachuk, who's not afraid of having his feelings hurt and having to leave town. Drake Batherson, Stutzla, this is a pretty good-looking team all of a sudden. I'm really excited to watch them. Um, one of mine is the Seattle Kraken. I want to see how they progress. Do you think they really, really will progress, though? You're going to be disappointed, John. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Ottawa was my pick. Uh, I'm glad Matt brought them up because um, there's a team that loaded up. They're top six. Maybe as good as any top six in the NHL, but I still think they need to address the back end and they do have room to add a Jacob Chikrin if they decide to make a move like that. I'm really looking forward to seeing if the Red Wings take the next jump and get into the playoffs because as I mentioned last week, I think they were probably a year ahead in their plan to try to rebuild that squad. And even though I don't like them to win the Western Conference, I'm interested in how Calgary does with Hubie Dooby Doo and, and Uyghur and, of course, Kadri, because I'm interested to see they've made all those good moves in the offseason. Can they replicate what Kachuk and Goudreau did? Are you ready? And now it's time for Rapid Fire, and we have this very good question from Tony in Burlington. He writes, now that Matt Rule is the first coach fired in the NFL, which NHL coach will be the first to get fired? Ooh, there's a couple that stand out for me. Uh, I got um, Lindy Ruff with the New Jersey Devils, Dallas Eakins with the Anaheim Ducks. Those are my two guys that I'm watching closely. Um... You know, New Jersey's goaltending was awful last year. They feel like they improved this year. Um, 
with Vanacek joining the team. They add Andre Palat. They still have Dougie Hamilton, Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer. Uh, they traded for John Marino on the back end. Is that going to lead to success for New Jersey? If not, some heads will roll. Uh, Anaheim, not a lot of pressure on Anaheim. Um, but I don't know if Dallas Eakin entering his fourth season shouldn't feel the heat already. I think that seat's kind of hot for him. I'm going to go way out in left field, and I'm going to say the Golden Knights are going to be terrible, and I think Bruce Cassidy is going to be in big trouble early. Whoa. They just hired him. I know. That's an impatient group down there, though. That's a hot take. I like it. Wow. Coming over with the steel chair. They're not going to have a good a good start to the season, and things are there are going to be problems early, I think. Interesting. Well, I, I'm going to go back to a team who I don't think we've ever mentioned twice in, in a podcast history. You now have a pretty decent team in Ottawa, and I think now is a prove-me season for DJ Smith. This is going to be his fourth year in charge. This is the best team that he's had, arguably as an NHL coach or a coach in general in the NHL. I think this is a big prove-it year for him. I think it's obvious which coach in the NHL has the hottest seat. I don't think he's the first one fired in Sheldon Keefe. That happens after they lose in the first round again. But DJ Smith's now got to to show that he can make a pretty good young core work together. A question from Ken in Mississauga after watching the video of Draymond Green punching teammate Jordan Poole at a practice for the Golden State Warriors. We posted the video that TMZ obtained on our social media channels. If you haven't seen it yet, you can go take a look. Ken wants to know if Draymond Green should be suspended by the league for that punch. No. What? No. Why not? The Golden State Warriors can figure out what to do with him. This is this is an internal team situation, and this is the Golden State Warriors present their case to the NBA as to what they're going to do to them, and the NBA then says, that's not good enough. This is what's going to happen. This is entirely internal for me, and I, this is, you know, and let's, let's first set the record straight. This was not TMZ. This was FFC that got that video, he <laughs> sent it to TMZ. They used it because of the platform that they have. We understood, but I'm still disappointed they never put the the actual heading on there of, of video acquired by Podcast <laughs> FFC. Whose budget did that come out of if we obtained that video? We've, we've a... got, we have some contacts. We have some okay. contacts. What we can talk about, he's now been moved, him and his family are now in a safe house at an undisclosed location. But we've got some contacts. This is all an internal thing for me. This is this is the Golden State. Let's see what the Golden State Warriors think of this. Because the NBA can get involved at, at whatever larger level it is. But we all praise Steve Kerr for the job that he does as a head coach. And I think he's arguably a top five. I'd be okay with you going top three head coach of any major sport in the world. I think he's an outstanding head coach. And this has to come from the team for it to actually mean anything. The team already screwed this up. The GM, the coach, and the face of the franchise, Steph Curry, held the news conference before the video was released, saying 
You know, they're going to deal with this internally. Then the video gets released and everybody's like, whoa, this is not just a small scuffle. Draymond Green knocked the F out of Jordan Poole. Like the league now has to step in and go, this is an action detrimental to the league. We cannot have this. This is a suspension. And it's fine if Golden State suspends him, but I guarantee that the league is calling up the Golden State Warriors right now and saying, this better be significant. You had your chance. You said before the video was out that you're dealing with this internally. That's Draymond being Draymond. But now we saw the video. Everyone saw the video. This is way more serious. And just See, sort I don't of in think that, it's, it, it's the the difference is that the video is out now. If that video never actually sees the light of day, and the Golden State Warriors say they're going to handle it internally, and they handle it internally with whatever it is, then then that's what it is. Now that the video is out, of course, it changes everything. It doesn't make what he did any worse. It's just now that there's more eyes on it. So the Golden State Warriors have to go back into their room and reassess. I I still think this is an internal thing. Yes, do I believe that Adam Silver and his group at the NBA are going to be on the phone wondering what's going on? Entirely. But I don't think this this has the same punch (laughs) than if the NBA comes out and says he's suspended for 45 games or 50 games or whatever it is, then it does the Golden State Warriors come out and say, this guy's we have removed this guy from our team. This is this is what he's no longer allowed to do with our organization in 50 years for 50 games because we won't stand for it. It, it, it. I don't think the I think the NBA embarrasses the Golden State Warriors if they do a suspension over what the team does, because it's an internal thing for me. And in that sort of same vein, what do you guys think of the Devontae Adams shove? Where do you guys stand on that? I know I'm throwing this at you out of nowhere, but. I don't blame Devontae Adams at all for this. I think this is a fine, not a suspension. Everybody on the sidelines signs a waiver and says, you have to stay out of the way of the player's path. You cannot walk into the path of the players. If you're standing still and you're running, if somebody runs into you on the sideline, that's just a job hazard. It happens. But if a player is walking off the field and all of a sudden you step in his path, this is not a guy who was standing there for five seconds. You stepped in his path just as he was walking in front of you so you can get a shot about how frustrated and disappointed he was in the loss. That's on you, buddy. Uh, It's definitely a fine. I think Devontae Adams is going to be fined. But a suspension? I don't think so. Tell me what that cameraman was doing in that spot, trying to take a picture of what it, it wasn't the sunset guys. He wanted, like Manny said, to take a picture or get a video or whatever it is of a very frustrated Devonte Adams who ends up in a bad team, leaving the, the the Green Bay Packers who are are desperate for a wide receiver and following a storyline. This is this comes to me in a sa- in the same vein in a sense of the guy who runs out on the field in protest and gets leveled by one of the players and gets a concussion out of the deal. What do you think is going to happen? These guys are massive 
fit people wearing tons of protective gear, if you get in their way, what do you think is going to happen? It's, this is not a let me run out on the field and have and run down the sidelines in front of a team's bench and have one of the players hit me, and now he's the one that's, no, 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 no. L- let me go in front of the tunnel as a player is leaving after blowing a 30-point lead or a 17-point lead or whatever it was. No, 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 no. That, that you're trying to bait somebody at that point. So I, I don't even think he should be fined for it. Yeah, I agree with Manny too. I think there should be a fine. I was kind of on one side of it until I saw the lower camera angle from behind, from behind Devontae Adams and then saw he literally, he stepped in front of him one second. But like he almost couldn't have gotten out of the way, Devontae Adams, even if he wanted to. And yeah, I don't understand it. Get out of the way. Like when I'm around the hockey rink in uh, Owen Sound and the players are doing what they're doing, pregame warm-ups or they're out kicking a soccer ball around, I don't go anywhere near them. I stay as far away from them as possible because they're doing their thing and you shouldn't be there. Yeah, you're, you're 30 feet away and then you chirp them. So, <laughs> so the players don't know where you're yelling from. You're where, normally where did that guy come from? Back turned running up the stairs at the Bayshore. <laughs> you suck. You, you're terrible. Go London. <laughs> and speaking of Owen Sound, we have a question from Rob in Owen Sound. Wondering why we didn't talk about Shohei Otani's new contract in last week's debate. He's getting $30 million next year from the LA Angels to avoid arbitration. Rob wants to know if that's a bargain. Yeah, that's a bargain. The way that Major League Baseball players are paid right now, that's a huge bargain. But here's the interesting part of it. It's to avoid arbitration, and it's a one-year deal. Shohei Otani probably has an advent calendar in his house right now, (laughs) counting down the days until he is no longer a Los Angeles angel of Anaheim, California angel, whatever they're called. You know what? If you're going to give me $30 million, I'll go out there, and, and you know what? I might... I might not be the best pitcher in, in all of Major League Baseball. I may also not be the best hitter in all of Major League Baseball, but I ain't going to be an angel for much longer. So let's just get through this year and hasta la vista. I totally agree. In fact, it's so much of a bargain. This guy should be paid two salaries. After all, he's an all-star pitcher yep. and an all-star hitter. You can make thirty million each. His next contract should be sixty million a year. <laughs> I want to see that advent calendar. It's probably a thousand dollar bill behind each door. <laughs> Every single yeah, it opens up. It's 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 still got the chocolate because let's be real. You, yeah, you got a chocolate the- loony too, right? Yeah. It's in a chocolate <laughs> yeah, loony exactly. <laughs> Although those are annoying when you got to peel the paper back and then you got to peel it on, on the other side. I think it's I think it's just a loose like a, one of those loose little chocolate squares, and like you said, John behind it's a thousand dollar bill and 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 i think it's also like somehow built in like a like a cuckoo clock that it comes out and it it tells you only 241 more days i think he's hired justin upton to open the calendar for him to to unwrap the chocolate be careful he's gonna hurt himself (laughs) 
<laughs> and we also posted this video on our social media channels. It shows two fishermen caught putting weights in fish to win hundreds of thousands of dollars in fishing derbies. It's now part of a fraud investigation, as others claim. They've been doing this for several fishing tournaments. Ryan and Concarden wants to know if you ban the two fishermen from entering derbies for life. Yes. I'm all in on that. Ban them for life. They're putting weights in fish. And they're also, I saw this, they're putting fish fillets inside the fish. Yes. (laughs) Come on. Yeah, you're not allowed to in another fishing derby ever. Can you believe how big this has gotten? Like, everyone is talking about this thing. It's huge. And I might be exaggerating this just a bit for the show. I think this is one of the biggest conspiracies in sports history. Wow. You you look at the steroids era in baseball, like we were talking about just last week. I can't tell you how much steroids affected how much how many home runs Barry Bonds hit, but you put weights inside you put other fish inside fish so that they weigh more. And you got to keep a guy out of the Hall of Fame because he bet on baseball? (laughs) This is the biggest story of some sort of cheating scandal in the history of sports. (laughs) You're watching the video. They're taking weights out of the fish right in front of him. What is this guy going to say? Well, he said absolutely nothing, and his partner was nowhere to be found. Oh God, yeah. this, he was he was in the parking lot. He unplugged the amplifier, grabbed his band gear, and got the heck out. You know who he was? He was George Costanza in an apartment fire. He was pushing <laughs> women, children, and clowns out of the way to get out of town as soon as possible. These guys should be banned for life. They should be forced to pay back every cent they've ever made from fishing, and they should have to go to derbies around the world to be like the, the you know how they have like the head speakers of the mascots or something like that. They should have to go to derbies around the world with like those penalty things that they they always say in like those cool little kid uh, criminal shows where they got to wear like a sandwich board on them that says <laughs> I put fish inside other fish to win one of these. And that should be the way that they're uh, only way that they're allowed to spend their days for the rest of their lives. That's too easy. Send them to Siberia to go ice fishing. You guys like ice fishing so much? Yeah. Hang out with polar Jack the polar bear 20 feet away from you while you're ice fishing with your teeth. Yeah. <laughs> These guys are so hated now. They're going to have to find an apartment with like Steve Bartman, wherever he's been living for the last 20 years. He's in Siberia. <laughs> Steve Bartman should be just be flicking at him. You got to end up in a, a, a safe house with Steve Bartman. Try to be, and he, he should be allowed to just sit there and just flick him on the shoulder incessantly <laughs> flick their earlobes that's the penalty that these guys should get this is a this is one of the most atrocious things i've ever seen in sport don't you know pump it up you got to pump it up and now it's time for pump it or dump it and we have a great submission she take my money well i'm in need yes it's a trifling friend indeed oh she's a gold digger 
way over town that digs on me. Uh. Now I ain't saying she a gold digger, but she ain't messing with no broke, broke. Now I ain't saying she a gold digger, but she ain't messing with no broke, broke. Get down, girl, gon' head, get down. Get down, girl, gon' head, get down. Get down, girl, gon' head, get down. Get down, girl, gon' head. This is an email from Daryl in Waterloo who wondered if we would play this song because it was number one on this day. How many years ago do you guys think? Oh no. In in my mind, six. <laughs> Seventeen years ago. Oh my goodness. Wow. <laughs> That's Gold Digger by Kanye West, featuring Jamie Foxx. Again, it was number one on this day, October twelfth, two thousand five. So fellas, for Daryl, if this song comes on, are we pumping it or dumping it? Pump the song all the way. Really awkward to sing along with. <laughs> yep. You got to pause there. You can't say that word. What are you talking about? Hollow, we want prenup. <laughs> we want prenup. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 2005. Wow. 17 years ago. I remember I was roommates with the guy who had this as his ringtone. <laughs> It's a great song. It will always be a great song. It will always be a great song. And I will hum the entire time. (laughs) I always picture John Rashad when the song says drive off in a Hyundai. (laughs) (laughs) But at least he won the Super Bowl. He won the Super Bowl, baby. Yes, he did. <laughs> well, when I had my Toyota Corolla, I used to call it a C-Rolla just to make it sound cooler. It didn't work. John, you were so cool back in the uh, day. Yeah. <laughs> With the ponytail and everything, I, uh, it was great. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> and that's the end of another debate. <laughs> a great debate, John. Well done. Well done. <laughs> and we are not done yet. No, you kidding me? We're having this much fun. You think we're going to stop now? This one's going all over time. Coming up on Friday, we'll be joined by a special guest who just happens to play the great sport of hockey. And if you're not following us on social media, what is wrong with you? Podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram and for future considerations on Facebook. And if you have any questions for John to ask us for an upcoming debate, send us an email for future considerations at gmail.com. We want to thank all of our sponsors, London Awnings, Quality That Shows, Shane Topolovic of Next Level Athletics in Windsor, specializing in sport training and nutrition. And that's it. We've got the two sponsors, and they've been great to us. Yes. No fishing sponsors, huh? No fishing sponsors. Sorry, Terry Byers. <laughs> you know what we need? We need a mattress company. We need, like, Casper, like every other podcast in North America. Oh, are you are you referencing Godfather? Fishes and mattresses. Uh-huh. 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 Horse heads. And, now uh-huh. you're gonna, yeah, that's exactly uh-huh. it. Now he's going to be looking for a horse ranch or something. Uh-huh. Let's talk about Bob Baffert next week. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you very much for listening. And remember, we will talk to you on the OT on the next edition of Four Future Considerations. That was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. In my opinion, that sucked. Their mentality's awful. Their attitude's awful. It's been their M.O. for the last three years. Tonight I saw and heard 
one of the most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations in my entire career. Probably the worst. It's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. You're still here? It's over. Go home.